Otherwise on SAFM. A very good Friday to you, Mzansi. Welcome to Otherwise on SAFM, South Africa's news and information leader. My name is Shadwa Twala. This show is produced by Hazel Makuzeni with the help of our technical producer, Derek Fordyce. You may reach us on 0892-102010, email otherwise at safm.co.za, tweets at otherwise SAFM or at Shadwa Twala. Now, today we give you ideas on how to celebrate World Baking Day, which is on Sunday, the 17th of this month. Sam Linsell is the author of Sweet, which is a jam-packed book with irresistibly delicious treats. Then we get baking tips and more from Michael Lee from GLAAD. And finally, Tina Jewell helps us make homemade bread from scratch. I'm looking forward to that. Otherwise, on SAFM. Now, uh, Sam Linsell is uh, the author of Sweet, uh, delectable vanilla, caramel, chocolate and fruit treats all packed in one beautiful book. And she joins me now on the phone. Welcome, Sam. Thanks so much for having me on your show. Listen, I do not have a sweet tooth, Sam. You're welcome. I don't have a... (laughs) But listen to me. Listen to this first. I don't have a sweet tooth, but... After looking through your book, I'm willing to try every recipe in there because you don't you didn't only just put a good book together. But I want to congratulate you. Apparently, you took the photographs as well. Yes, um, I'm involved in the full the full process of producing um, all my food content from the styling to the recipe development to the photography. And I absolutely love that aspect of it as well. Well, I take my hat off to you because just the pictures make it look sumptuous. I'm Thanks. salivating and I'm thinking, okay, you know, I, for somebody who doesn't have a sweet tooth, I'm probably even ready to go and do come dining with me when it comes back. Yeah, just, well, the thing is, um, I think the book has got a little bit of everything because it's not purely a baking book. There is obviously a lot of baking in the book with mm-hmm. cakes and biscuits and things. But I've also included ice cream, sorbets, there's a gin and tonic jelly, um, you know, there's you know, a bit of everything. There's a lot of fruit desserts, poached things, easy things, a little bit more complicated things, puddings. So kind of um, whenever you're looking for something delicious and sweet for any occasion, pretty much. Well, I like the granadilla cordial with thyme. Yes, thank that, you. I, I love the idea of having the herbaceousness of herbs with sweet with sweet flavors it sort of kind of works quite well together yeah i think that's what i was attracted to as well the the, the herbs because i'm I'm, i love cooking so i'm I'm a herby person and i i think i looked for those recipes that had herbs in them for instance you also have the the where is it now i i was the caramel chocolate sauce with rosemary yes you see once again um you know it's something that you wouldn't instinctively want to add to a sweet thing but actually it works very very well flavors just kind of bring it out so is, would you say a beginner like myself could do these recipes pretty easily are the ingredients accessible what, what what you know what do you think what's your advice for somebody who's never baked like myself and um, i think all my recipes are very accessible there are obviously going to be one or two that are going to be a little bit more technical mm-hmm. mainly when it comes to caramel and you know working with caramel temperatures and things like that um, baking for me, I find baking very foolproof because you follow a set of instructions. So in many ways, I actually think that, you know, you know, if you can read, you can, you should be able to bake essentially. And hopefully, I've, I've written in such a way that that it is easy to to, to read. Um, I think with caramel, that the one sort of hiccup you need to sort of look at is just monitoring the temperature. Mm-hmm. So I, I suggest using a thermometer. Just to, once you've got that thermometer in play. 
you literally can't go wrong. As long as you get your caramel to the certain temperature, you're good to go. I find, and I understand why I don't bake at, at all, there's a lot of measurement. You know, yes. I'm a creative person. I, I like playing with, the, with ingredients and that sort of thing. I don't measure. I feel them through my fingers. But you can't do that with baking, can you? Exactly. But what you can do, which is very creative about baking, is to work with a base recipe. Because as you say, it's exactly that. It's about measuring. It's about formulas. You need the right ratio of butter to flour to sugar, mm. etc. Mm. Once you've worked out a few recipes that yield a really great sponge or a beautiful biscuit base, that's when you can start getting creative by adding things to it. You know, you can take your favorite flavors. For example, one of my recipes in the book is for um, a preserved fig in scones. I wanted to add fruit to the scone, but I was finding that the fruit was breaking up and causing the scone to become quite soft. So I decided to use a preserved fig because I love blue cheese and fig preserve mm-hmm. and, and on a scone is actually delicious so mm-hmm. I chopped up some preserved figs and added it to the scone and it and works it works beautifully and that's something you know where, where I was able to get quite creative you know adding things like your herbs adding you know different flavor elements combining different things like chocolate and cinnamon you know there, there are ways of get, being quite creative so making ice cream is it as easy as it looks here? it's actually the easiest thing Ever. <laughs> I think ice cream is like one of those secret things. Once you realize how easy it is to make, obviously it, it helps to have an ice cream machine. Okay. Um, you know, but there are so many good domestic ice cream machines available. So once you once you grasp the basics, it really is a plug and play, the easiest thing on earth. You can't believe how delicious homemade ice cream is compared to stuff you buy. I can imagine. I can imagine. That's why I, I look at it now and I'm thinking... Yeah, but you talk about machines and there's a lot of equipment involved as well as far as uh, baking is concerned. Where do we start? What are the essentials that you need that will, you know, take you through your first session, your first quarter of baking? And then I suppose when you know better and you you add on. But what are the bare minimum essentials you need? need? I think the basics that you need is um, an electric mixer. I mean, if you have a stand mixer, all the better in the sense that you can carry on doing other things while the mixing is taking place. There's a lot of beating in baking. Mm-hmm. So I can't live without my, my freestand mixer. Mm-hmm. But if you are, think you're only going to bake occasionally and you're only going to make a little batch of cupcakes from time to time, then those handheld mixers are absolutely perfect. Mm-hmm. Um, but you really do need that to get a certain amount of air into your batter. And when you're whipping a buttercream icing, you need to have that... So, and making a meringue, it's essential. So I would say um, the very basics would be some form of electric mixer. Mm-hmm. Obviously, an oven that's fairly reliable is good. I mean, <laughs> hopefully, you know, most people will have an oven. Mm-hmm. And um, further than that, I actually think a lot, of, a lot about baking is about the integrity of the ingredients. And, and just work with really, really good, good quality chocolate, you know, proper vanilla extract, things like that. And um, equipment-wise, further than that, you know, you just need the odd pan here and there. That you know, it can get quite intense in the sense that you're using different shapes and different molds. Now, all the decorative stuff is also quite difficult, right? Sorry, that the decorative stuff, the icing, yes, and the absolutely. But mm. you know, you can always just start off with keeping things quite simple. Mm. I believe as long as it, it tastes lovely and it looks fairly pretty, I don't think you need to go to town. Okay. Now, tell me, with, out of sweet, now what what must I do first? Where where should I begin to start? I think for you, some recipe that's going to blow you away. Do you like popcorn? <laughs> yeah, I love popcorn. 
Okay, this is a spicy caramel popcorn. <gasps> so it's going to sound a little bit strange to you that there's going to be paprika and cumin yes, and caramel please. in a yes, popcorn. Please. But it's just the most wonderful, um, addictive, spicy, and it's not overly hot. It's quite accessible for children as well. So I would suggest going for that because that's gonna that's gonna kind of impress you <laughs> and impress whoever you serve it to. It's sort of it turns pop- popcorn into an instant party. No, no. Well, I'll start there, and I'm gonna give you feedback, Sam. I promise I you. I would love that. I promise you because then eventually, when I think I can do it well, I want you to taste it. Yes, please. Will you tweet me a picture? <laughs> I will. <laughs> that's and let, and let me know how you you have a child, don't you? Yes. Yes. So I would like to know their feedback as well. <laughs> Fantastic. Listen, the book is available at all good bookstores? Yes, correct. All over South Africa, exclusive, you know, everywhere, online, etc. And where do we get your blog? Because you've got a blog as well, hey? Yes, yeah, I write a blog called drizzleanddiff.com and I'm constantly posting new recipes and ideas and I'm putting up my food photography. I'm doing a bit of traveling lately, so all the stories related to my, I just came back from the USA, went to mm. a huge event in Vegas, mm. so I've been, you know, feeding back all about that, went to New York. Yeah, just a lovely space for me to kind of share around food, the things that I find, the things that I find delicious. I'm on Twitter as well, at Drizzle and Dip, and Facebook, Pinterest, Instagram, you so everywhere. Really you everywhere. That's wonderful. Yes. That's one. Tell me, how long does it take you to perfect a recipe? Um, it all depends. The baking ones do take quite a lot longer. Mm. I've got a few recipes that take you know nine to eight up to eight or nine times. Things like meringues, um, pavlovas, mm. and uh, and and cakes can sometimes take a little bit of time. Savory recipes and very easy recipes are honestly pastas you can just knock out. Mm-hmm. Knock it out in one go. Yeah. And <laughs> but I mean, that comes with lots of experience. I'm constantly developing recipes for my blog and um, for my clients. So, you know, I kind of base it on stuff that I already know. So I'm working off a very big repertoire of, of knowledge, if you know what I'm yeah, saying. Yeah, yeah. I was going to ask, where are your strongest influences? You know, are there any traditions that inspire you more than others as far as your, your food is concerned? I would say I'm quite international because I'm, 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 the digital space is my, yes, my home. Yes. So I tend to be quite influenced by all over the world, really, just whatever's out there. I don't have a specific cuisine. I mean, my heart belongs in Italy, I think, <laughs> and I adore French food. But, I, I, but the Americas also really excite me. South American flavors are amazing. We sometimes struggle in South Africa to get really good South American, you know, ingredients, mm-hmm. chilies and things like that. Mm-hmm. So sometimes this can be a little bit of a struggle. But, you know, those, you know, it just depends. It's really a mood thing. One day I feel like something spicy. The next day I feel like something simple. Um, so it's kind of um, all over the place when it comes to that. Well, I'm, I, I like the fact that you're all over the place because then what you bring together is, is, is something new, I think, for all of us. I hope so. I just, I feel like I'm out there sort of like a feeler trying to feel out what's what's happening what's exciting what's new what's trendy you know new ingredients that are, are quite fashionable play around with them use them you know find different ways to kind of make an ingredient that someone might not know exciting to use oh, just kind of out there taking one for the team basically because i'm putting on quite a lot of weight <laughs> as well <laughs> sam finally it's world baking day on sunday what are you baking Oh, yes. <laughs> I actually am definitely not going to be baking on Sunday. <laughs> I am baking on Monday. Does that is that okay? If I That's okay. That's okay. 
I'm baking some savory scones that I have to do for a shoot. So I'll do that. I'm going to be taking the weekend off and having a relaxing one. Well, we'll check your blog. Thank you so much for joining us and talking to us. Thank you so much for having me, Shadow. Thank you, Sam. Bye. 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 The book is called Sweet, Delectable Vanilla, Caramel, Chocolate and Fruit Treats by Sam Lenzel. Find her. Her Drizzle and Dip food block is out there and she's on Twitter and Facebook. Actually, she's all over social media. When we come back, we are speaking with the brand manager of GLAAD, Michael Lee, and he's going to talk to us about how we can, they have a campaign of save good food from going bad, as well as give us relative baking tips that are creative, time saving, and money saving after this. SAFM Current Affairs continue to look at the issues. We look at developing stories, and stories not in the mainstream. By giving you an evening update on Weekend PM Live, Saturday and Sunday from 8 to 9 p.m. SAFM, South Africa's news and information leader. Otherwise, on SAFM. Michael Lee is a brand manager from GLAAD. Welcome, Michael. Thank you for joining us. Thank you, Shadow, and uh, thanks to your listeners. Listen, I must tell you that I want to know when GLAD was, was, was created, what was it meant to do? Because you'd be surprised at what people use GLAD for. <laughs> yes, well, the, the intended use is for uh, our, our core focus is to make life a little easier. Okay. And um, in, in effect, we actually have two parts of our business, uh, which we call the first one food protection, mm-hmm. and the second one internationally we call trash, or you call it um, refuse bags locally. Um, but in, in those two areas, we focus all our attention. So food protection is really what I'm interested in as well, because uh, I, I, I suppose, you know, every household has, has GLAD and has access to it, but how should we be using it, and is it reusable? Okay, well, um, the... The, the focus that you're describing is actually caught to an international campaign that we've got going called um, Love Food More, Waste Less. Okay. And um, some of the things that are driving that feeling that you're having is um, as, as a, as a um, planet, we, we waste a third of our food. Mm. And um, South Africans, as an example, will waste eight kilograms of food a year. And although that seems a lot, if you compare that to Europe, uh, they're wasting 80 kilograms a person. And the um, an example in, in Australia, one in every three bags of food is thrown away. So our, our focus about using um, or reusing GLAD is, is around keeping food fresher for longer. Mm-hmm. So as an example, uh, depending on the type of food, if, if stored correctly and um, if wrapped, uh, you can extend the life of of food three times, if not more, mm-hmm. just depending on how you go about it. Is there a particular way of of storage uh, that that is is preferred or that can save our food for longer? Because I find sometimes if I've put it in the fridge and not in the freezer, uh, I, I think it wastes quicker than when it's in the freezer, right? Well, yeah, the, the freezer will will um, postpone any. Um, uh, ripening completely because the the item is is frozen. But you, you may actually find that certain certain products actually last longer out of the fridge versus 
certain products that um, are better for being placed in the fridge. Mm-hmm. Um, you may find, for example, that um, wrapping a uh, half-cut Avo um, is going to have a better result at room temperature than putting it in a, in a fridge, as an example, unwrapped. Um, That's so interesting. We focus on a lot of those tips, which you know we have on our, our glad.co.za um, and our glad.com, which is a, our international platform. Um, and we focus on those food, uh, food protection tips um, so, uh, around storing. So tell me about this campaign. Um, what, what's the call to action for us? So I know you said it's on your website, but what, what can we expect? What are we expected to respond? How do we respond to it? Well, ideally, we, we're looking um, at taking what, what for a while now has been a almost a political dis- a discussion around food safety and, and um, the risks that certain countries in particular and, and people in general are exposed to by not having enough food available. And we're, we're saying, you know, let's empower consumers to do something about um, this big global phenomenon, phenomenon about food waste. Because if you identify a problem, it's, it's something that people can be very upset about and want to do something about. But if you provide a solution, then, you know, the process is, as individuals, we can go about reducing the amount of food we throw away by firstly planning better, storing the, the food um, better, and utilizing that food better. Mm. Um, and and this event that's coming up on Sunday, being um, World Baking Day, is, mm-hmm. is is a perfect opportunity for for us to focus that attention to say, you know, um, when baking, what's the best kind of ideas that you can uh, provide people with that can reduce the amount of ingredients they throw away, um, that can reduce some of the fresh. Uh, produce that that they're putting in the baking Mm. um and and all of those tips we 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 try and make them available so that people are accessing that and and just disrupting their thinking to say think about what um what's going into uh that salad that you're making uh how much is being thrown away is there some way that you could extend the life of of some of that could you wrap half the lettuce and use it at a later stage instead of tossing it in a few days when it's all brown and, and wrinkled. Um, so that's a, that's a key idea around this international campaign. Michael, I have a few more questions for you, but we need to take news headlines. Will you stay on the line for me, please? With pleasure. Thank you so much. Otherwise, on SAFM. As part of World Baking Day, we're speaking with Michael Lee, who's the brand manager from GLAD, about some baking tips and uh, how we can save food. But, Michael, is, is GLAD wrapped biodegradable or recyclable? It's not biodegradable. Mm-hmm. Um, in fact, um, uh, locally there's a commitment to uh, focus only certain products um, in the plastics ind- industry to being biodegradable. Mm-hmm. What... Um, what the Plastics Federation are encouraging is uh, the recycling uh, sub uh, sub business uh, of um, providing work for people who are uh, collecting mm. Mm. Um, items to recycle. So they tend to discourage um, biodegradable in that regard. Although we do have some countries where we do have biodegradable, as examples in the Middle East, um, mm. we do have a biodegradable. Uh, uh, glad wrap in those environments.
Okay. So, um, back to Sunday. Um, you, people go to your website. I love the, say, the way you say you need to dis- disrupt somebody's thinking. I like that. You know, disrupt the way they think. Uh, yeah. So, how, how are we going to be disrupted into our thoughts uh, on Sunday? Can you give us some tips as well as far as baking? Because I, I saw that you suggest that we, it's, it's, it's preferable to bake in bulk. Yes, well, um, one of the key features of this international campaign is what we call Save It Sunday. Um, and as an example, the, uh, our biggest business is, is in the U.S., although we're in 40 countries. But um, in the research that we've done, Sunday is the biggest day of wastage. So in many cultures, and particularly uh, uh, in our culture, um, Sunday lunch is a very important time mm-hmm. to get the family around the table. Mm-hmm. And in the case of World Baking Day, you're going to be baking for Sunday. So um, what tends to happen is uh, culturally we always make far more than we need because you never want to be um, having someone unexpectedly visit and you don't have anything for them. So we tend to actually overproduce on, on, on Sunday in particular and through the course of the week in general. So um, the suggestion is, if, you, uh, if you're baking, to ensure that you've got a storage plan. So if you're um, producing a massive cake that you imagine no one's going to uh, complete, ensure that you could freeze some of it mm. when, um, when it's um, open and exposed. I either wrap the, the parts that are going to be left Mm. And when making the cake, uh, we we have a unique product in in our glad bake and cooking paper that uh, actually reduces the amount of oil and fat you need to use mm. to bake the cake or to to line a baking tray in the oven when you're cooking or baking other items. Mm. And the appeal of that is that you actually reduce the amount of wastage because a big component of wastage in baking is when the baked goods stick to the pan Mm. you end up Mm. having to scrape it off Um, so this product is is really powerful in reducing that wastage Um, the the other product that's really good as far as baking is um, our stand-up storage bags so we have a zip seal um, resealable storage bag that actually has um, measurements on the bag so uh, you're able to not only store your ingredients in a in a transparent manner so that you can see what's in them Mm -hmm. but the measure allows you to actually use the container to um, pour the, the dry ingredients or the wet ingredients into your recipe without you having to use additional utensil, utensils. So um, as far as a wastage point of view, this is reducing the amount of utensils you're using that you need to wash afterwards um, and making it relatively convenient for you to store uh, immediately after use. Well, Michael, I hope your Sunday is a, is, a, is a great one in the kitchen. I hope you're going to help the, the missus uh, put some of the baking uh, ingredients together. Um, yes, and she, I, she'll hold me to that. <laughs> well, I hope she's listening because I want to know that you did that. Uh, but thank you so much for your time and thank you for talking to us. And we'll direct everyone to your website, which is www.glad.co.za. Thank you so much, Shadow. Thanks for your time and thanks um, for your listeners. Thank you so much, Michael. You take care. Okay. Have a great weekend.
You too. When we come back, um, Tina Jewel, we're going to teach you how to make bread from scratch. Now, this I'm looking forward to. Tina Jewel is the restaurant manager of Bread and Wine Vineyard Restaurant at Morrison Farm in Franschhoek. Tina, welcome and thank you for your time. Thank you. Thank you for the call. Lovely to hear from you. <laughs> <laughs> Listen, I'm excited. I'm excited because I want to go and bake bread after talking to you. Okay. So, <laughs> I hope you've been out shopping beforehand and have some of the relevant ingredients to hand. Well, you're going to tell me what to shop for first, right? <laughs> Okay, I'm going to do it that way. Okay, one of my favorite breads to bake is uh, a focaccia dough because it's something that you can jazz up if you want to or you can keep it simple with just some herbs, sea salt and olive oil. And either way, it's a winner. What did you call it? A focaccia bread. Focaccia. It's an Italian style bread. It's the one that's got the little dimples in. That's got all the nice little bits of oil and salt. Ah, and oil I see exactly. Of it. Yes. Okay. And you know, like I say, it's something that you can add to, or you can just keep it simple. So the the sort of the basic recipe for this one is going to be 600 grams of white bread flour, mm-hmm. and some good brands to look out for are Golden Reef and Eureka Flour, some lovely local ones which have got a nice high gluten content, which is what you're after for a bread flour. Yes. You want 25 grams of fresh yeast, and that you can find at your um, pick and pay at the bakery counter. They all use fresh yeast. You just need to purchase it from them. Mm. 15 grams of salt, water, and olive oil. And that's sort of your basic components to start off with. And then all you need is a little bit of time, about a nice 20 minutes to get things going. Yeah. And the rest of it will take care of itself. So you're going to just gently mix the olive oil with the fresh yeast and then add to that about 250 mils of water mm-hmm. and just stir that all together till it's all nicely dissolved. Um, your salt you're going to add to your flour. So that was 600 grams of bread flour mm-hmm. and 15 grams of salt to that. And you're going to then slowly and make a little well in the middle of the flour and start to add that yeasted olive oil liquid into it to bring together to form a dough. And with the dough, what we're looking for is something that is soft and slightly sticky from the start. So we'll need to add about another 200 mils of water to that just to get it to the right stage before you can take it out the bowl. Mm-hmm. So are we all making sense so far? Yes. Uh, what, what, what sort of consistency are we talking about? Uh... We want it to be what I could call sort of and slightly sticky so it okay. wants to come away from the bowl but it wants to, it's going to make your hands a little bit messy i'm afraid you don't want to have had a manicure beforehand That's you want perfect. to save that for later on because otherwise you're going to feel a little bit sort of hard done by so it wants to be a little bit sticky and then once you've got it to that stage you're going to take it out the bowl and onto your work surface and start to knead it and you're kneading action it's there's no sort of right or wrong way. What you want to be doing is moving the dough from left to right, up and down, twisting, turning. It's sort of, it's a whole upper body workout that you're working on here. You want to keep that whole piece of dough moving around. And as you do that, you'll find that the dough will start to dry out a little bit just from the action of your kneading, the warmth of your body as well. Mm-hmm. And so it will start to become a little bit um, less sticky, a little bit smoother and not sort of cling to the table quite as much as it did in the start. And that's going to take about a good 10 minutes to sort of come from that sticky stage to something that is a nice, smooth, round, bouncy ball. But Tina, may I interrupt here? Before you put your dough on that working space, mm. do, you, do you sprinkle some flour on that space? Or? No, you, no, you really don't need to. Because if you sprinkle flour on it, all you're doing is drying the dough out. And you actually want the action of the kneading to be that part that sort of just works out the excess moisture. I see. You know, sort of, I don't know, it's one of those things that we've all seen that people just automatically throw down some flour. Mm. But nine times out of ten, 
you're going to add maybe even a little bit more liquid to your bread dough to get it to the right consistency. It's um, Bread dough needs more moisture in it than what you expect. It's always going to be something that's going to be a little bit wetter than what you anticipate. It's going to, like I said, it's going to make a little bit of a mess on your hands, mm-hmm. but that actual action of kneading is going to work that moisture out and you're going to end up with that nice soft ball of dough that you're just going to be able to press against and it's going to spring back up on you and then it's going to be ready to rest and it will need to rest for about a good 20 minutes to 40 minutes depending on how warm the room is you know the time of day and this covered with a, a black bag just to stop it from drying out and that's what we term as the, the first proving and we just leave it um, in a sort of in a warm space. It doesn't have to be in a warming drawer anywhere, but just in a warm room where there's no cold draft. And leave it for 20 to 40 minutes. And then we're ready to actually sort of shape it into what we want to make. So be it our flat focaccia, just a little round flat piece of dough, which you're going to top with your herbs. Or you can do a filled focaccia with some feta cheese and some mm. dried tomatoes tucked inside there as well. Mm. Whatever you sort of fancy, whatever you've got to hand that you want to sort of pop inside the bread. Some nice cooked pumpkin and feta works nicely as well. Now, whatever's there. And then you're going to let it rest again for another sort of 20, 30 minutes. Um, also covered with a black bag to stop it from drying out. And then it will be ready for you to bake off. Now, hang on, before we go to the oven, Mm -hmm. um, the first 40 minutes are after kneading, put in a black bag, and and then when you've added whatever herbs or feta you you add, do you need need again? No, you don't need, you you actually sort of, you're going to gently deflate it. Um, you're going to sort of shape it to whatever shape it you want it to be for, you know, with the focaccia you can make it as a, a round flat or a rectangular shape. Mm-hmm, um, mm-hmm. Or you can make it into little um, small bread rolls if you wanted to, but you don't need to sort of knead it a second time. It just takes the one kneading mm-hmm. and the two rests. Okay, okay. Yeah? Now, what temperature is my oven? Your oven needs to be a good 200 degrees Celsius. Okay. And if you can, if you put a, an, an empty roasting tray in the oven and just let that sort of heat up with the oven so that the oven's nice and hot when you're ready to bake. And then when you put the bread in, just throw a few ice cubes in there and that will create some steam in the oven. And the bread mm. loves that steam. It gives it that extra lift and it just encourages it to sort of rise up a little bit better. Um, in the kitchen here, we'll spray it just with a water gun just to sort of add some of the posher ones have built-in steam units. Um, which also work a treat, but you can just use, uh, like I say, a hot roasting dish and that will make sure that you get a little bit of steam happening without any damage to the oven at all. Listen, I'm going to try that. Now, tell me, you do give, um, in, in Franschhoek, you, at, at, at the Morrison farm, you do give, uh, lessons for yeah, baking we do, lessons. Yeah, we do a hands-on baking class where, um, on a Saturday morning we have scheduled dates. And we'll do four different breads here. We make a focaccia, one of them. We do a lovely sourdough, an olive oil brown, and a soda bread. So it's a hands-on participation where you're actually making the breads either with myself or with my colleague Lexi, the two of us um, alternating, giving the classes. And um, that's sort of from half past nine on the Saturday morning. Um, and once you've got all the breads made and they're busy resting before they get into the oven, you go and enjoy a little bit of a wine tasting here at Morrison and then come back and have some lunch in the restaurant, um, selection from the kitchen, and then obviously some of the lovely bread that you've made earlier in the morning. And well, then to top it off, you get a lovely box of bread to take home with you to keep the, the bread basket filled for the following week. Now, how's your class tomorrow morning? Are you booked? 
No, there is still some space. Um, it's a literary festival, so I think everyone's being a little bit more educated <laughs> this weekend, and they're going along those lines. We have got um, a couple of guests who are joining us tomorrow, which will be great. But there is still space if anybody wants to give us a call, and we can add them to our class. It'll be fab. Well, I'm driving through for the literary festival. Well, my my, my technical producer is, is telling me about a shockitary. Charcuterie, yes. yes. Simply because it's World Baking Day and there's, there's nothing as beautiful as waking up to the smell of bread in the morning, I think. So let's, let's go ahead and do that.